You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers Wednesday edition, and it has happened. The dominoes are falling for the 49ers this offseason, and the big free agents have now signed. That's right. Brian Body Calhoun and Daniel Helm have agreed to one-year deals with the 49ers. Oh, yeah, and they signed a couple offensive linemen as well. One of those worth $138 million. We'll get into the latest with the 49ers. Trent Williams is coming back, and he's bringing Alex Mack with him. What does it mean for the 49ers? The offensive line is pretty well set. They're gearing up now, I assume, for the NFL draft with some very Minor moves to come in free agency as players start to get a lot cheaper. But most of the big work is done phase one of the 2021 offseason complete for the San Francisco 49ers. At BD Peacock on Twitter, hit me with your questions. I have some already that I'll get to today after we dive into some of the latest free agent happenings. Locked on 49ers at Gmail if you want to hit me there with your questions. Some new rumors surrounding... Deshaun Watson and the 49ers as well, as it seems like at least once a week, there's something that pops up down that avenue. So we'll get into all of that stuff today. But first, let's talk about the biggest news and the biggest man. That is Trent Williams. Six years, $138 million, $23 million per season, 55 of that guaranteed, $30 million signing bonus, it is the richest contract for an NFL offensive lineman in league history and by quite a bit the biggest signing so far this offseason, both total dollars and per year dollars. I was talking with Wink on yesterday's show and he said, I can't give this offseason a grade yet and it can't be an A until they bring back Trent Williams. Will it happen? And I think this is really exactly how the 49ers front office drew it up. When I talked about what the 49ers could do this offseason, the whole thing starts with Trent Williams and the fact that it started to take a little while and it took a couple of days to hear an answer about Trent Williams' contract started to get worrisome because if they lost Trent Williams, a lot of the other top free agents had left, so they couldn't go to a big money center and then potentially go to the draft to tackle and then change, uh, change directions, really, midstream. And so... It all hinged upon Trent Williams signing, which he has done, and that means the 49ers now have a, a perfect plan set up. Not a lot of money left over to do anything else in free agency, but they don't really need to because that was the biggest piece. Trent Williams coming back. He will man left tackle for potentially the next six years. He's 33 now, so uh, age 39. I, I have a feeling, and I, I see the total dollars here, six years, $138 million. That's $23 million per, 55 of that guaranteed, $30 million signing bonus. I have a feeling they'll, they'll, they'll structure it so the first year number is somewhat low. But I've got a pretty good feeling that years five and six, that contract will be high dollar amounts and will be easy to get out of for the 49ers, which means this deal probably, and look, I haven't seen the, the, the final details yet. We'll find out. I'm guessing it's more of a four-year $88 million contract, something like that, which is a lot of money still. That's $22 million per year, right? But uh, at least $50 million will be easily lopped off, and who knows, maybe a lot more than that in the last two years if the 49ers want to go that route. And it, 
it's hard to envision Trent Williams still playing at that level at age 38 and 39, but he did play at that level last year. So he's definitely worth this contract. And um, he, he really worked it out to where he was going to be a free agent, no franchise tag and leveraged that into the biggest contract for not only a left tackle, but an offensive lineman in NFL history. And he's one of the best in the league. And he played like that last year and he deserves that money. So now health willing, the 49ers have one of the best pass protectors and run blockers in the league on the left side. Next to him, Lake and Tomlinson, just solid at left guard. And now a new center as well, Alex Mack. In his third stint playing for coach Kyle Shanahan, first in Cleveland, then again in Atlanta. And now Kyle Shanahan brings him to the 49ers, coming back to California where he went to school at Berkeley, grew up in Santa Barbara. So the California kid comes home, Alex Mack, and just a rock-solid signing. It was one of the most obvious this offseason that that made so much sense for the 49ers. It's a one-year deal, $5 million, very similar to that Verrett contract, right? One mil, five and a half, I think, is what both of those contracts are. And it's perfect because it's not a a bank-breaking contract. It's short-term. The 49ers still have to look at center in the draft and maybe find the guy who's going to replace Alex Mack eventually. But Alex Mack's still solid, even at 35 years old. He he played pretty good ball for the Falcons. He's not the guy he used to be. He's not at the peak of his abilities. But he's fine. He gave up one sack all season long last year. He's just rock-solid in the middle and still has the athleticism to do everything Kyle Shanahan needs him to do in that outside zone scheme and get out on the move and and reach blockers on the defensive line and get out to the second level. He'll still pancake you, so still a very good player, if not you know playing at an all-pro level, just rock solid in the middle and solidifying that 49ers offensive line. Next to him, there's going to be a training camp battle at right guard for sure. Right now, I'm personally penciling in Daniel Brunskill because he's the fifth He's one of the top five best offensive linemen on the 49ers roster and played better than Colton McKivitz did last year. And uh, I imagine Ben Garland will be back and, and backing up center, maybe backing up guard, but shaping up to be a nice training camp battle. Brunskill, does Colton McKivitz take that next step after being a fifth round rookie last year? The 49ers, no doubt, will add some young talent through the draft in the interior of their offensive line. So probably at least one more body there competing at right guard and backup center positions. And then, of course, Mike McGlinchey at right tackle. And I put out the tweet earlier today, is the 49ers starting offense finished? Jimmy G, Raheem Mostert, Kyle Juszczyk, Debo, Ayuk, those five offensive linemen I just laid out, and, of course, George Kittle. I think the most pushback I got was on Mike McGlinchey. Like, 49ers fans are down on McGlinchey. One of the better Run-blocking tackles in the league has had his struggles in pass protection, especially last year. Can he fix that? I think some of it was strength. I think maybe he got a little bit too light. 49ers like him a lot more than 49ers fans. I will tell you that. So Mike McGlinchey is absolutely going to be the right tackle going into next year unless something unforeseen or he is part of some crazy trade for Deshaun Watson. I mean, All bets are off when it comes to that. I don't know what players... The Texans would be asking for if they ever decide to trade Deshaun Watson, if the 49ers will actually be in in on that, like way in, in enough to go make the deal and give up what it would take to get Deshaun Watson. I don't know. We'll find out. But most of the pushback I got was at right tackle with McGlinchey and 
and Jimmy G. So who knows? Maybe they'll both be part of a Deshaun Watson trade. But uh, I think the odds are the 49ers starting offense is set. And it's those 11 players I just laid out. They still have some depth issues. Number three, number four wide receiver. Who's going to be healthy? Who's going to be around from the group they have now? Are they going to add a cheap player there? Are they going to add another OW, an offensive weapon of any sort, whether it's you know a return type of a player or um, a third wide receiver, slot guy, outside wide receiver, another tight end, H-back type? They could go a lot of directions in free agency if they wanted to, if they have enough money to have a little fun. And, and we'll see what the numbers are on the Trent Williams deal, but I have a feeling they're not going to have enough money. But those aren't the only deals that were done today. I mentioned at the top of the show, one-year deals for reserves. Brian Body Calhoun, the corner, and tight end Daniel Helm. But another one, another really important signing for the 49ers that's gone underreported so far today because of the other big news, and they did lose a former first-round pick that is now leaving the 49ers to go play for the Raiders. Those two free agent signings, Next, and we'll get to some of your questions here as the new league year begins. College basketball isn't the only tournament happening this month. Maybe more importantly, the Built Bar Madness. Yes, there is a bracket. We're into the Sweet 16 already for the number one Built Bar flavor. Just go to BuiltBar.com or at Bar underscore Built on Twitter to vote for it. Another head-to-head peanut butter versus coconut family matchup. This time, the straight-up OG peanut butter built bar versus coconut marshmallow puff. And I know the coconut puff is all the rage these days. One of the newest built bar flavors. But I'm sticking with the OG. I'm sticking with my peanut butter. It's my favorite flavor of built bar. PB all the way. A low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber snack. The tastes amazing and are all covered with 100% real chocolate go to builtbar.com vote on the matchups and remember to use promo code locked on 20 to get 20 percent off your next order that's locked on 20 at builtbar.com save 20 percent on your next box of built bars get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with locked on today hosted by peter bukowski he updates you on the latest in every major sport with the help of our local experts Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. And also don't forget to subscribe to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show covering the entire league daily. So I mentioned how this offseason so far for the 49ers is going great. It's going right to script. Trent Williams re-signed. Boom, that's done. Jason Verrett, you got to bring back one of your starting caliber corners. That's been done. Kwan Williams still out there. I don't think that door is closed. There are some other slot-type corners out there if the 49ers aren't able to bring back Kwan Williams either. Of course, they could go to the draft at corner, which I think they will multiple times potentially in April. DJ Jones. DJ Jones, an underrated player on the 49ers interior. He's been injured quite a bit. He hasn't had the career that was going to earn him a ton of money on the free agent market, and I don't know what his one-year contract is, but he has been re-signed by the 49ers, according to Ian Rappaport today, and that is a really important signing. He's been their nose tackle. Uh, He's got some athleticism. He can push the pocket. He can penetrate a little bit, and he can stop the run with his build. 6'1", 315 pounds, or whatever he's listed at 
these days. He's a really good player, and if he could stay healthy, he he could probably make himself quite a bit of money on the free agent market after this one-year contract. But it was pretty important for the 49ers to get that deal done, too. So I'm really glad to see they were able to bring back DJ Jones. And then, of course, Alex Mack added to the mix, who was the most obvious free agent ad from outside the team to the 49ers. Um, that deal was... It was just it just was imminent. It had to happen, right? And it did. And I think being, bringing back Trent Williams just added to how perfect that fit is going to be for the 49ers offensive line. So already they're rolling into 2021 with a better offensive line than they had in 2020. Now, if everyone stays healthy, it'll be somewhat of a breeze, I think, up front for the 49ers, especially if, if they get things right on the right side of the line. Best man wins at right guard. And Mike McGlinchey is able to at least be league average as a pass protector to go with his run blocking ability and get back to where he has been at his best as a pass blocker so far in his career before taking a step back in that regard last year. But but I like where things are going for the 49ers up front. And they should be good there because there's quite a bit of resources put into that offensive line. The one I didn't really see coming was Samson Ibukam as the 49ers edge addition and maybe a linebacker replacing some of what Mark Zacha did as a special teamer. And I was going to play my interview with Sosa Kermenges, the host of Locked on Rams today. I'll push that back to tomorrow because there was the Trent Williams news and I do want to get to some questions here. So tomorrow we'll have the scouting report from the guy who's watched all of his games so far in the NFL. Sosa Kermenges of Locked on Rams joining me to talk Samson Ibukam and who the 49ers have in their new free agent signee on defense. The 49ers will no longer employ the first ever draft pick by John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan for the 49ers in 2017, the number three overall selection in that draft. Solomon Thomas is moving on. He's got a one year contract with the Las Vegas Raiders. And I, I'm surprised he actually signed this soon because. Uh, still not recovered from that ACL. I'm sure they know a lot more about their rehab there than than I do. But uh, coming off a torn ACL, he has the one-year contract to be able to try to prove something and prove his worth around the league. Will he play on the interior? Will he play on the edge? They already signed Yannick Ngakwe there to play defensive end and be a pass rusher. Uh, they have a couple of other edge guys. So uh, and And if they're smart, I think he's going to be a defensive tackle. I've said it before, Solomon Thomas should show up to training camp at 290, 295 pounds and be a defensive tackle, right? Maybe not 295. I don't know if he's big enough to be that big. But essentially, he should try to be a poor man's version of Aaron Donald. That's what he should be. A, a strong interior penetrator is what Solomon Thomas should be. And if he shows up to camp and he's 275 and trying to be a defensive end, I just think that's the wrong path for his career. As long as his knee can hold up. 285, 290 pounds. That's just how he should play. That's his style of game. He's an interior player. So we'll see how he's used with the Raiders. And congrats to Solomon Thomas for finding a home uh, once it was clear that he was probably not in the plans for the 49ers any longer. It's not his fault he was drafted too high by John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan in 2017. And, you know, by all accounts, was a really good dude on and off the field. So good luck to Solomon Thomas with the Las Vegas Raiders. How about this report that showed up from Michael Lombardi, former NFL GM. He was on with Rich Eisen yesterday. And on the Rich Eisen show, he said that the Deshaun Watson rumors of him wanting to go to either the New York Jets or the Miami Dolphins are false. 
and that the actual rumors that are true are that he and there was the report about him being intrigued by the Broncos and the 49ers. And those are the rumors that for whatever reason or whatever his sources are telling him, Michael Lombardi believes that really Deshaun Watson's teams are the Broncos and the 49ers that he's interested in. And that would make things exceedingly more easy for the 49ers to land Deshaun Watson if they wanted to get into that. And if the Texans, who still have said that they don't want to trade him and won't trade him, started listening to offers and started picking up the phone if John Lynch called. Because it's going to be so difficult to compete with an offer that a team that holds the number two pick in the draft and a team that holds the number three pick in the draft, both of those teams having young quarterbacks on top of it, and both of those teams have multiple first-round picks and multiple draft picks to spend. I mean, those are just two teams that it's going to be so hard for the Panthers or the Broncos or the 49ers or any other team, the Bears in the NFL, to go trade for someone like Watson to beat the offer that the Jets or the Dolphins could put together. Now, Watson has a no-trade clause, so if it's true that the two teams he will waive it for, and if he clearly won't play for the Texans, the Broncos and the 49ers, now look, either one of those teams would still have to pony up, but you can really start to see a path, and, and you can start to believe that there is a path for the 49ers to make a deal for Watson if that's the case, because they would only be competing with one team, and that team plays in the AFC, right? So if you are the Houston Texans, maybe you want to send Watson to the other conference, to the NFC. So a tie would go at that point to the 49ers. Would the difference between pick 9 and 12 mean that much? Could the 49ers add a certain player that that maybe the Texans value? Maybe the Texans value Garoppolo more than Drew Locke. Who knows? Garoppolo even waves no trade clause. I mean, there's still a ton of questions there, and it would be very difficult to get a deal like this done, and the 49ers, 49ers would still have to pay through the nose to get Deshaun Watson, just as long as there's at least one other suitor, and the 49ers probably wouldn't know that, that they were the only suitor at the time. And if you're the Texans, the way to do it is probably not ask Deshaun Watson, not ask for a list of teams, and go find the best deal you can, and then present it to Watson and say, hey, do you want to waive your no trade clause for whoever? Because this is our best deal, this is the deal we got. So you can go that to that team, or you can stay here, but this is the best deal we found. So... That's probably the best way for the Texans to play hardball with Watson is not allow him to flex his no trade because if he does, then you could say, well, look, we tried to trade you. You wanted out. We tried to trade you and you said no. So now you're here with us, you know, and, and so there's just a million different ways this thing could go from the Texans side, from the Watson side, from the 49ers side. If they were able to get involved in this thing, I still think it's extremely unlikely, but it's possible, especially if a report like this one from Michael Lombardi is true that the Broncos and the 49ers are the teams that Watson would trade would waive his no trade clause for. And you have to think that Watson's ears perked up when he heard that Alex Mack and Trent Williams signed with the 49ers, right? So that's that's not nothing. And yes, good news for Jimmy Garoppolo, who is still the 49ers quarterback and who's still most likely to be the 49ers quarterback when training camp opens and when the season begins in September. So the Watson thing is still out there, still something to monitor. Has anything changed in Houston? Was signing Tyrod Taylor to a deal that could be worth $12.5 million? Was that a signal that they might be ready to move on something? Houston Chronicle beat writer John McClain says that they haven't technically said they're not trading Watson since January and that he still believes that they will be trading him now. And it, when it first broke, 
he was the the main guy that was like, no way in heck they ever trade this guy. He said, I, I'm going to be named head coach before they trade Deshaun Watson. And uh, even the guys that locked on Texans, um, a lot of the fan base, uh, a lot of the media, national and local in Houston, everyone expects now that Deshaun Watson will most likely be traded. So now it's up to Nick Casario. It's up to Cal McNair. It's up to Jack Easterby if he's involved. I don't know why he would be. It's up to the Texans to listen to offers and decide they will trade Deshaun Watson. Let's get to your questions. Free agency. There is a Watson question, as there always is. Next. With free agency underway, I wonder how that will change the odds for the next Super Bowl champion. And you can find those odds at betonline.ag. NFL draft props, college football futures as well. NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, obviously will be huge all summer long, but March Madness. I mean, we are in the thick of it. March Madness is happening right now. The next few weeks, college basketball rules, sports world, and the betting world, and it is so much fun. Not only sports, but poker, table games, awards shows, TV shows, reality television, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Go to betonline.ag. Use your mobile device or your computer. Sign up today. Receive 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Promo code locked on for 50% off welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Let's kick this off with John on Twitter who says, Hey, Brian, what are the chances that the asking price for Watson goes way down with all the lawsuit stuff coming out? Could it drop the price enough to where they won't ask for any of our young defenders? Uh, John is referencing a weird report that I saw last night on Twitter, and there's a a lawyer in the Houston area who's sort of like a a famous lawyer that that says there's um, a civil suit that's going to be filed against Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson came out immediately after that and said, this is BS, but I'm going to fight this. I'm going to clear my name. This is just, you know, whatever. And, And there's people that have accused this lawyer of doing this for, first of all, for team reasons because he's a big Texans fan. He famously bought a bunch of billboards that tried to talk the Texans in the 2014 draft to uh, drafting uh, Johnny Manziel number one overall. (laughs) So he's kind of, you know, he's been accused of a lot of things. People think this is disingenuous, that there might not be anything to this. I have no idea. It could be a serious, it could be not serious at all. It could be just, um, you know, an angry, essentially an angry Texans fan who, by the way, is Cal McNair's neighbor, apparently, um, trying to make ways for himself, trying to put his name in the newspaper, trying to make things difficult on Deshaun Watson because he wants out. I don't know. That's what people are accusing this lawyer of. But, you know, if there if, if there was some assault, if there is an actual victim out there, then there's maybe credence to this. And then but anyway, I don't know. I have no clue what this is all about. They just it just popped up. I don't see a lot of national media running with it, so I think there's some skepticism to the story. We'll find out more, I'm sure, if there is anything to this story. But if anything, this kind of a a lawsuit would make things more difficult for the 49ers or any team to trade for Watson because no, the price wouldn't come down. The Texans would still be wanting everything they would have wanted before, but it might make the paying team pause a little bit or or maybe at least wait a lot longer for this whole thing to play out which could just be an extra wrench in the works so i have no idea what to think about that potential lawsuit that's out there 
Uh, I'm sure we'll find out that it's either goes away very quickly and there's nothing to it, or maybe it lingers and there's something big. And in that case, uh, there's probably no team that would want to trade for Deshaun Watson, even if his price dropped at that point, if there's any validity to that scenario. So we'll, we'll find out more when we learn more about that situation. Thad says, fun trade scenario. Trade number 12, number 117 this year, that's first and fourth rounders, and the 2022 second and fourth rounders to Miami for number three overall. If they don't bite, number 12 and Fred Warner for number three. We could get a Band-Aid at number 43 in replacement for Fred, Zayvon Collins, or Jabril Cox. Thoughts? Oh, so what's the, uh, what's the target in number three? You're trading up to three so you can draft Justin Fields? I'm not trading Fred Warner in 12 to go get Justin Fields. Definitely not. Um, and the Dolphins at number three would not accept her offer of a fourth this year and a second and a fourth next year to go from 12 to three. So I think those, both of those trade ideas are dead in the water, unfortunately. Thad. Billy Boy, you can't pencil in Brunskill at right guard over Colton McKivitz. It will be an open competition. Remember, the 49ers were going to draft McKivitz in the third round before they traded that pick and still got him in the fifth round. I think Brunskill's value is at swing tackle where he excelled in 2019. I half agree with you, Billy. I agree with you that Brunskill's best position is tackle. And if he is your sixth man, your swing tackle, someone that could fill in at any of the other positions, most likely along the offensive line, that would be great. But I still think you're penciling him at right guard because I would rather have him be the, the best guard than, be, than put in a worse player at guard and have Brunskill on the bench because you know he fits that role well. So it's up to Colton McKivitz or somebody else to beat Brunskill out. Right now, Brunskill's the better right guard. McKivitz was not great there last year, but he was a rookie. And it doesn't matter if they would have spent a first-round pick on him. If he's not good enough to play, he shouldn't be playing. So, um, And, you know, teams say that all the time. I don't. Maybe they had a third-round grade on him. Would they have actually drafted him in the third round? I don't know. I have my doubts there. But they did have the gold helmet next to McKivitz. They liked McKivitz. Will he be a better player? I'm sure he will be in year two. Can he win that job? If he wins that job, then absolutely he should be the right guard because he's better than Brunskill at right guard, and Brunskill can be that sixth man and be that swing tackle. I think that would be phenomenal for the 49ers, and that might be the way they want it to happen. But if Brunskill's better than McKivitz, which he is right now, then he'll be the starter at right guard, in my opinion. All right, I'm going to go back to Thad. He had a couple of them here, and since I crapped on his trade <laughs> proposals, uh, I'll go back to Thad here. He says, I have an unpopular take. All this money being thrown around at Trent and Mac and the line where does all pro Fred fit in? I'm thinking he's now definitely a trade chip for Watson, especially since Houston lost McKinney. So that's why he had Fred Warner in the other trade too. Thinks that the 49ers can't afford him. And I don't know, can they afford him? I think they probably can. The salary cap's going to go back up next year and they did a lot of record keeping. They've done a lot of things to get under the cap now, which means they're going to have some room to maneuver next year. It's not going to be super easy. Can the 49ers do it? I think they can. The cap's going to go up even more in 2023 and maybe a ton in 2023 when the new TV deals go into effect. So the cap is going to be fine. The 49ers can afford to pay a tight end and a tackle and a linebacker and a quarterback, but they just can't go crazy beyond that. But I think they should be absolutely able to fit in all pro Fred. But if they can't, then that would have to be a tough decision. They have to at least consider and talk about trading somebody like that. But again, the cap in a lot of ways is fake. 
we've seen with teams like the Saints, you can get around those things. But you have to be smart about it. You have to be smart about who you pay. And Fred Warner is one of those people you pay. Is McGlinchey the odd man out because you can't spend that much money on your offensive line now that you've locked in Trent Williams long-term? There are some questions, and they might have to make some hard decisions. I just don't think Fred Warner is going to be one of them. I think they're going to pay him, and they'll find other ways, whether it's Armstead, Jimmy Ward. I have the utmost confidence in Parag Marate to find a way to make the dollars work for the 49ers to keep their best players. And to be honest, if you really want to save the most money, draft and develop a star quarterback. Is that part of the 49ers plan at pick 12? And to Thad's earlier point, do you have to go all the way to three to do it? I don't think you do. There's four or five quarterbacks that I think will be there. Pick six, pick seven. Can you get up for uh, a couple of day two picks and, and not have to do a future first? I think that's the time to pounce for the 49ers when it comes to quarterback. Pick six, pick seven. That's my strategy. And I'm going to stick with it until those quarterbacks are gone before that, and then we'll have another conversation when uh, the Eagles are on the clock and all five quarterbacks are already gone. And really four, because I'm not into Mac Jones that high. So I think those of you out there with Fred Warner jerseys should uh, sleep well at night, that that's not going to become obsolete, as has some other jerseys, but I probably felt the same about that 99 jersey that you might have had a couple years ago, too. So who knows? Steve says, and this is topical in reference to your podcast yesterday, Quote, looking at your phone at 3 a.m. Pacific time while rocking your kid back to sleep. He says, that's exactly how I found out about Trent Williams this morning. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, same here. I was about to go to bed and I was like, oh, let's see what's going on here. And oh, OK, we're in business now. There's uh, there's Instagrams and then he tags Alex Mack. So he dropped both stories on his gram. I love it when the players break the news and are able to beat Schefter. And Schefter's like, come on, man. I already sleep three hours a night. Now I got to be awake at, at 4 a.m. Eastern and, and 1 a.m. Pacific to break news. So that was fun. That was a fun night. So a lot of fun nights here. There was Saturday night with the juice tweet and the hashtag Kyle. And now Tuesday night going into Wednesday morning with the Trent Williams, Alex Mack news. Super fun stuff. And you know it's going to continue. The soft season's not done. There's another twist coming. I mean, you can just feel it, right? There's, there's going to be something else big. So we'll see what that is. And I'll have it covered for you. Every day, right here, Locked On 49ers.